Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you can force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am a, ooh, I don't even know, part-time, uh, what? What did I even? Part-time podcast. No, part-time, I don't know, but you're a full-time podcast anniversary haver. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and as always, uh, yeah, and as always, uh, joining me is my dog and bone dragger Kiba, but also don't you do it, my good friend, and uh, I guess boulder climber. Yeah, that's a good one, Andrew Patterson. Hello, one year. Yeah, huh? episode fifty-two. It has been fifty-two weeks of episodes which marks the one-year anniversary and fortuitous that it should be on the eve of the Oscars because we're about to give out some awards of our own. So rather than uh, look at a hidden gem and uh, you got to love it this week, we are going to do the best of you got to love it with some honorable mentions, etc. So let's just let's just get started. I think maybe we should just start off near the bottom of the list here and work our way up. Okay. So, we're going to start with the most awesome, or sorry, the most out of place awesome thing and an otherwise shitty thing. Award. Award, yeah. There uh, were a lot of contenders because yeah. there was a lot of otherwise shitty things so, this year. Yeah. I, this whole thing was really tough for me, this process. I, I went back and I looked through all of our episodes and I was just like, oh man. like I had forgotten some of them. Yeah, some of them I forgot, which obviously they didn't make it onto this list because they weren't memorable. But yeah, like there was a lot of content to choose from, man. Yeah. There's like four things per episode at least because of the tangents that we go on. Right. Um, but uh, I mean, the one thing that we did agree on was that the most out of place awesome thing in an otherwise shitty thing was the punch, <laughs> the gut punch from Paul Blart Mall Paul Cop Bl- 2. Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, which we talked about, qu- came up quite frequently, I think, in other episodes. But well, it's become a point of reference, really. Yeah. And it, like, it's, come, it's become a point of reference as, some, as an example of something that was awesome, awesome and, and a shitty thing. Yeah. And I think that if you're really analytical about it, it's not really that awesome. But. In context, the contrast. Yeah, you know, like I, I feel like if you saw that in a vacuum, you'd just be like, "What the fuck? Come on, guys!" Well, but, but you know, in yeah. the middle of a movie, mired de- where you're just, ba- you know, barely, it's barely holding your attention because of how bad it is, and then that happens. It's it, good. It's, it was essentially a ray of sunshine and an otherwise dark and stormy day, and I mean, it was the briefest ray of sunshine, but. I when it, when I when I saw it, I burst out laughing. Like I couldn't help myself. Me I didn't well. even want to laugh, but it yeah. was it was just somehow just funny. Just that that visceral old school gag comedy, 
you know, the most basest of human urges to just kind of laugh at something violent with no real repercussions, you know, no lasting damage was done. But it's good because I think a lot of the things that we're going to talk about in this special, very special uh, episode of You Gotta Love It. Yeah. Um, is sort of these benchmarks, these things that, you know, we learned a lot. We learned a lot about shitty things and we learned a lot about ourselves and we learned a lot about what I learned a lot about what makes the things I like like that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I've never really, even in school, I've never really analyzed film in this way before. Right. So it, anyway, it's kind of interesting. And I mean, this is a pretty low bar to set and we're starting in a pretty, you know, point like it's who who gives a shit about what the most out of place awesome thing is an otherwise shitty thing but it's good because it allows me to use that as a point of reference for like oh this shitty thing could have used more of these things right anyway Uh, yeah and i think the whole thing in general kind of we really reevaluate what actually is bad content Mm -hmm. you know because like a lot of people will throw out oh this is so bad or that's so bad but is it actually yeah you know, agree. Well, and you know what though? I, I mean, we'll move on to the next award because we got a lot of stuff to get through. But I yeah. will say that that point that you just made, I'm kind of proud of that because I th- I feel like that's in part what we set out to do when when you're like, oh, this is a podcast we should do. Yeah. You know, there's so much negativity out there. There's there's so many podcasts and magazines and videos and people you know it's very easy to be critical of things and of course we're very critical of things on this show as well but like it's still uh yeah you know it it gives an interesting perspective when we go out of our way to find try to find good stuff and bad stuff so all right so oh uh, but wait oh you didn't have any uh honorable mention i had a three-way tie yes one the explosions and laser blast self-explanatory yeah, uh, you've you know, seen the, it. it. It is it is uh, the only ray of light in that movie. Yeah, and they really go over the top. And then my the third and the third way tie was uh, all of Antichrist because that was recommended to us as a you gotta love it. And I don't really want to talk about it that much. And I don't think I put it in anything else. But I did. Oh no. Oh maybe. Anyway, whatever. The point is, it was like a very good film, but it was a shitty experience. You know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, moving right along. What's so, uh, next on the docket here? What's next? Let's on the list? let's look at uh, the easiest to watch. You gotta love it. Yo, we sh- totally should have had guests from the year introduce these awards. Oh yeah, next year. Next year, we'll next just year. get like get the you know episode one hundred four. Get, get like Daryl and Bennett and every and Nimit and everybody to just to like pre-record to, record, to pre-record like yeah. the easiest to watch. You know, yeah. And then you can just like edit that shit. Yeah. Uh, what'd you have for this one, Koji? So, I had Suicide Squad. Yeah. But it more had to do with the situation in which I watched the film as opposed to the actual film itself. I mean, the film itself was pretty easy to watch because it's one of these superhero films where the characters themselves are like, the movie isn't great, but it's, it's fine. You know, if like if someone put on, let's say, like the transporter or something, mm-hmm. it's not going to win any awards. But like I could watch it all the way through and be like, OK, you know, that's fine. <laughs> and Suicide Squad was like that, except saw it with some friends and we all had like a good laugh about how like ridiculous it was. And, mm-hmm. you know, so 
It was... And also a very, I feel, frank... Well, a frank conversation about, again, how, how, how it could have been better, which isn't really that unusual. Like, you always talk about that in a movie, but again, just kind of like, oh, you know, like, if they had just done this and this, like... Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was the easiest to listen to. I didn't really love the soundtrack to it. I feel like it tried a little too hard to be a Guardians of the Galaxy type thing, but... But to stay on a positive note, the movie itself, I mean, I liked the characters. I didn't think Will Smith did a bad job as, as Deadshot. And, uh, I agree. You know, so it was fine. And the witch, that scene with the, with the hand, the yeah. flipping over. Yeah, easy to watch. Yeah. And what did you have, Andrew? Jurassic World. Of course. Couldn't go, couldn't go an episode without bringing that up. Uh, and, you know, I know that... <clears throat> There's a lot of people that disagree with me here. There are people squirming in their seats trying to <laughs> just trying to make it through this movie. But, yeah, um, you know, for all the reasons that I mentioned in the episode where we actually discussed Jurassic World. I mean, fucking it was like colorful and bright and, you know, beautiful and very similar in terms of the, the points that it hit in the, to the first movie. You know, if you if you can make it past some superfluous plot elements uh you know like the the children's relationship to their parents their who are not present throughout the movie then i don't know i think it hit like it hit all of the points i wanted it to and yes of course like any you gotta love it it could have been so much better but i also thought that from the very beginning when it was established that this movie took place in like a in the same universe where Jurassic, like the, the disaster of the unopened park had happened, yeah, but the general public wasn't aware of it. Right. I was like, okay, great. That's all I need. Like it's, it's, I thought it was like a really great way of sidestepping, uh, you know, the original content and still sort of paying homage to it. So anyway, I mean, I enjoyed watching it as much as I enjoy, you know, any sort of middle of the middle of the crowd, creature thriller where people are running from dinosaurs or aliens or whatever right so yeah it was it was a breeze the music you know i don't even remember the music from Jurassic world maybe i similar. should pick up that mondo record maybe beautiful album cover i probably won't though okay up next is best performance in a you gotta love it movie or show so i know that we this had one was tough we had mentioned me well, this was easy for me. It immediately came to mind. Um, we had mentioned Antichrist already. Right. And so I threw down Willem Dafoe in Antichrist. It's kind of like a cheat, though. Yeah. Because I feel like, like, like we kept saying in the episode, it was a good movie. I just d- yeah. don't didn't need to see it. But yeah. I, I thought he did it well. He played the role very well. So Yeah. I The reason I left easy. him out of this one was yeah. just because I put all of Antichrist and that other question, and then that was it. I didn't want to revisit it. Right. But yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's a good choice. This one was tough for me because the more I thought about it, the more I thought of movies we saw where I was like, oh, fuck, like I did really like this one. You know, like Deadshot, Will Smith is Deadshot. Like there's lots of... it. it it's like a recurring thing that in these films that turn out so poorly, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I feel like looking back, not a lot of them... Out of 52 episodes, not all of which were movies, but of all the You Gotta Love It movies we watched, yeah, I almost don't think that acting was like the leading reason for a movie's shittiness. It almost felt like in a lot of cases there was good actors that were stuck 
like bad writing in, or directing bad writing or directing or just in an otherwise unfortunate you know what i mean it's kind of like oh but mm-hmm. um i put down brad pitt for tree of life which is kind of similar to antichrist in that i i think that 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 movie got a you know at least in my circles like kind of a bad rap and a lot of people really didn't enjoy it or they thought it would draw you know it was too long it was boring it was contrived you know yeah. it was all of these things and i do agree with all of those statements but like when we were discussing it you know the moments that were just about the sort of coming of age you know like the flashbacks to his childhood right and his relationship to his father like i do think that brad pitt did a fucking fantastic job because i loved those parts like i was like yeah i was in for sure it's interesting that they cast him in that role though because he doesn't strike me as like the hard-ass dad i know you know like you'd you'd think it well i mean this was a long time ago but you think it'd be more like like a michael shannon type character yeah absolutely you know like a but it's but it's it's interesting though because it kind of goes to show uh and this is i think also relevant because of the oscars being on tonight Brad Pitt, I feel, is one of those actors where he's a fantastic actor and like... He's one of my favorites. For one reason or another, he just doesn't get that recognition. You know, when you talk to people, like people on the street or audiences, they also love him. But in terms of like recognition for his accomplishments as an actor by his peers, it's like, it's just not there. You know? Should have got some recognition for Jeffrey Goins, if you ask me. That's uh, um, 12 Monkeys. Oh fuck! Ama- yeah, amazing. So many good. He's done so many good and varied roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Killing Them Softly. Yeah, I didn't love that movie. I love it, but maybe I need to rewatch it. I don't know. At some point. Uh, anyway. Okay. Well, up next is the best performance in a You Gotta Love It album, and I chose Axl Rose. I also should point out that we didn't divide these categories by any sort of traditional like by gender like we both picked a dude for best performance just just as a as a as a footnote it's you know but how we haven't listened to any female albums no i know i'm just i'm just addressing that because we've i just meant for like the best performance for example you know Mm -hmm. traditionally you would have like actor and actress i think it's cool to just whatever one we like the best, you regardless know, of any sort of defining. I agree. And I, I would also say that I think there's a testament that most of the shitty stuff that we've looked at has been male oriented. Yeah. But so to get back to that, uh, I chose Axl Rose um, or slash Buckethead, I guess. Um, oh, Chinese democracy. Chinese democracy. I didn't hate the album. Like I didn't like it and I wouldn't, I have not listened to it since. Mm. But it's it's the only one that I could see myself revisiting that we listened to. I mean, yours was I thought about yours as well, and <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, maybe, but like I wouldn't though. No, I wouldn't. You know? No, but I yeah, I mean, my my selection uh, was uh, shampoo, press, and curl for their production on Bruno Mars's Twenty Four Karat Magic mm-hmm. or Twenty. Whatever that album's called, twenty four karat gold. 24 no, twenty four karat magic. Twenty four yeah. karat magic. Uh, because it was a style that I love, and even though it was kind of forgettable or bland at parts, it felt like promising to me. In that there are other producers that I listen to, you know, who release records of their own mm-hmm. that produce this kind of music, this sort of like throwback 
80s 90s funk influenced pop type shit uh with like fucking what is it talk box or what's that fucking crazy you know oh yeah you know i don't know there and and like i didn't again i didn't love it probably because i list you know there are so many other options i think in that episode i was like here's if you kind of like how this sounds here's Mm -hmm. a bunch of other stuff that's like this but better in my opinion yeah like damn funk um but yeah, but I certainly uh, enjoyed it. And I would say that I enjoyed that one more than I enjoyed Chinese Democracy or Lulu. Sure. I really tried to find, I was like, oh, maybe there's something in Lulu, but I couldn't fucking do it, man. No. No, it's impossible. It's not good. It's fucking impossible. Okay. Well, uh, so moving on from there. Uh, <laughs> I liked it, your answer for this next one. Yes. Is best work in a you gotta love it comic or video game? So who did you choose? Uh... I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it right, but Raphael Gesca, Gesqua, Gesca. I, I have know. no idea. Uh, com- music composer. Yeah. He did the music for Shaq Fu, which seems a little obscure. It, I don't. If you're listening and you didn't hear this episode, one of the in an episode we had to play Shaq Fu uh, for the You Gotta Love It, and was pleasantly surprised yeah the like, music was really good pleasantly surprised just kind of by the game in general like again not amazing like yeah. you know there hasn't been really any like amazing you gotta love it that fit the criteria of a you gotta love it but like i was expecting it to be the worst but i actually after getting game over i continuously started new games so yeah. i mean that's that's pretty much the bar that says for video game. Yeah, like, yeah. that's but the music was great and when i looked up who actually did the music mm-hmm this guy's credits are fucking insane. They're insane. Did okay. you, do you look it up? No. I'm going to, while you tell your answer, I'm going to yeah. see if I can pull this up because it's crazy. All right. So my answer for best work or my award for best work in uh, You Gotta Love It comic or video game goes to God. <laughs> and uh, why God, you ask? Well, he appears in not one, but two of our You Gotta Love It's. Uh, he makes his first appearance in Bible Adventures, mm. which we played. Uh, you know, he, he wrote the aforementioned Bible or I guess possessed other people to write them. I don't, I don't know how that works, really. Some sort of weird, you know, whatever, religion magic. But uh, he also is very prominent and a black man, no less, in Marville. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. You know, shout out, shout out to my man God, for uh, putting in his work in the comic and video game industry. Yeah, or her uh, work, I don't know. So, so this gentleman who uh, is a he's a French composer, uh, born uh, born and based in Paris. He is just if you played a video game in the sixteen bit era. Yeah, he was the one that composed it. Do you remember the game Flashback? Of course I do. Yeah. I was talking he, to Lucas about that yesterday, and he had no idea what I was talking about. So he, that was, uh, I guess, in 92. That was like his first well-known hit. Yeah. But this is like... Oh, yeah. This is... it's There's literally hundreds, hundreds, uh, Planet of, and like throughout every generation of video games. Yeah. You know, Moto Racer ga- the Moto Racer games, Planet of the Apes, Darkstone, uh, Fade to Black, um, Shaq Fu. Of course, flashback, which was, I guess, one of his. Uh, that was his coming out party. It's a great like, game. Yeah, um, but it, and it so it actually got me into just. I was like, oh shit! Like I gotta, 
this guy has done so much stuff. Like and I am a no bitch to get on that. And I had no idea. Like, it, yeah, absolutely. Um, Legend of the Dragon. <laughs> like, anyway, pretty cool. But again, just another... Uh, so shout out Raphael for, for doing the good work. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, it was pretty fantastic. So... Um, Oh, he, oh man, he's done a lot of stuff. All right, so <laughs> up next is the Better Luck Next Time Award. The award for most promising content producer in a You Gotta Love It. Uh, you can go first. I like this category. Yeah. Uh, I picked Josh Trank. Sure. Uh, for Fantastic Four. I think he, he co-wrote... The Michael B. Jordan The version. Michael B. Jordan Fantastic Four. Yeah. Uh, the much, much maligned... Uh, director and also screenwriter or did I co-wrote the screenplay I think sure this movie was not terrible to me no but it certainly felt like and I don't really hold Josh Trank accountable for this especially based on the sort of post post movie being complete you know there was some controversy some redos some some yeah and he like you know there were some comments that he made um, you know, about how like people won't ever see the original, like how this movie was intended. Right. But it made me, it like, I just watched it and I wanted to see what he could do right. if people weren't like fucking with his shit. Sure. If, if that is in fact what happened, you know, like yeah. the, because there were so many things in this film where I was like, yeah, this isn't what I expected. And as like a comic book as a Marvel comic book fan, yeah. it's not necessarily what I expected out of a Fantastic Four film. Yeah, yeah. But I, I liked it. Like, I liked it as, like, a reimagining. You know what I mean? Like, sure. a, like, I could easily see it as, like, the, you know, the Ultimates universe or just sort of, like, an alternate alternate universe. Yeah, yeah. And I would almost be interested. It made me wonder if Fox wasn't just shitting the bed constantly with Marvel properties. If they had approached it this way, like, all of their films, instead of, <laughs> instead of pardon me trying to make them somewhat true to the sort of main marvel comics if they you know if fox was known as the studio that was making the ultimates quote unquote yeah or, and if you're unfamiliar with comic marvel comic universe there's sort of the, the central universe um which is kind of what the marvel cinematic universe is building off of yeah. and then there are sort of all of these alternate dimensions which allows them to kind of have some flexibility with the characters uh, and the Ultimates universe is one of those. Um, the more like gritty modern day. Yeah, take. it's a little bit more grid. Yeah, exactly. And 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 this was like there's so many th- story elements that I liked, and I liked the almost horror aspect of when they were you know after they had g- been given their powers and they were being kind of experimented on. Like right. there was a lot of cool stuff. It was just Doom was absolutely useless. I loved and I loved the actor. Like I don't know. It was just it yeah, was yeah. almost there. You know. So next yeah. time. Next time. Better luck next time with making sure that people aren't fucking with your shit. So I chose Ivan Reitman, you know, which is interesting. I feel like, I feel like he'll bounce back, <laughs> but that's uh, what I was going to say. I was like, Hey, yeah, not, a, not exactly an unproven. <laughs> yeah. So he's basically put out some of the greatest content the world has ever seen. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I feel like, Better luck next time is very apropos. Because he probably doesn't even need luck, but I didn't love the newest Ghostbusters, uh, which was one of the movies that we did. 
uh, that Ivan Reitman did. And so I feel like, you know, his next uh, kick at the can will hopefully be better. There you go. Yeah, that's that's really all there is to say about that. I don't really want to get into Ghostbusters again because, you know, I just don't. Fair enough. But let's uh, let's continue on. And now we get into the best of categories. So best hidden gem of 2016. This was a non. So, yeah, these aren't these are this award is something that we haven't done. Correct. Correct. This is the non podcast edition. So my favorite hidden gem, and I feel like it's a hidden gem, even though it shouldn't be, was the movie Nice Guys, which is the movie starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. And it was directed by and written by the director and writer of... It's like a spiritual successor. Yeah. Of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which basically helped relaunch Robert Downey Jr. into the powerhouse Iron Man... Uh, character Sherlock that he is Holmes, today yeah oscar nominated for the judge uh I, it was fantastic and i feel like not enough people saw it and i'd like it if more people saw i'd it. agree with that because i really wanted to see it and then never ended up seeing it i still haven't seen it um my hidden gem was midnight special yeah i want to see that which was uh looks weird yeah it's very weird um, a lot of glowing lights yeah i don't want to talk about what happens in the movie at all but it's uh jeff nichols who is be he's he's like he's like on the on the you know he's on the rise for sure like he he has been nominated this year i believe for loving yeah at the academy awards i'm not sure what category but anyway he he uh his films include uh mud with matthew mcconaughey he did um part of the mcconaissance yeah part of the mcconaissance he did uh take shelter which I loved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! This is just like so perfect for the fifty-second episode, one-year yeah. anniversary. Just dragging that bone across the entire Sma- universe. No, I, I'm sorry, I didn't. And then, sh- anyway, mm. uh, there we go. There we go. Um, yeah, Mud, Take Shelter, which is great. Midnight Special has sort of the same cast he's been using in a lot of his films. Uh, Joel Edgerton is in it, Michael Shannon. Um, I feel Adam like Michael Driver. Shannon's been in like all of his movies. Anyway. He has, he has, yeah. yeah, yeah. He has actually, yeah. Um, and I love Michael Shannon, so I mean, that's like a win-win for me. But it's, uh, I would call, I would classify it as like a uh, indie science fiction in like a, in like a truer form of science fiction than like what sort of big budget science fiction has become. Yeah. It's, it's very strange. Um, but definitely check it out. Check it out. All right. Um, so let's move on to the best. You got to love it of 2016, uh, non podcast edition. So I'll, you, I'll let you go first. I picked London has fallen. Uh, then, but then also with the caveat that I think I may be thinking of the wrong film and that I might actually be thinking of Olympus Has Fallen, so which was not last year, yeah. But they are the exact same thing, yeah, essentially, except one's in the except one's in London, one's in Washington, yeah. Uh, I so didn't mind I mean, that fucking movie, whatever, man. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was <laughs> fine, it, it's one of those like mindless. 
action movies, you know, got to save the world type shit. So it was fine. Yeah, I just think that there's also been sort of a, I wouldn't say a, a revival of like great action movies. I think it's been pretty consistent that here and there there's been really fantastic action movies each year. I kind of, for myself, I pinpoint Drive as being, you know, it wasn't nonstop action, but it was like... Have you seen Crank 2? I have. That is fucking something else. Yeah. But even like John Wick now and John Wick 2, which... Oh, yeah. Listen, if you're listening and you're on the John Wick hate bandwagon, and who, you haven't seen those films... Who, who's on that bandwagon? I don't even know that know. was a bandwagon. That sounds so crazy to even me. Even here, even this happened the other day. I was talking about going to see John Wick 2 and uh, I was at my my parents' house and my dad was like, oh, I saw John Wick 1. That, was, that movie was terrible. And I was That's like, so what? crazy. Just wait, just wait. Just let me finish just a second. And yeah. then I was like... Basically, I had the same reaction. I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, ah, oh, it was just, it was garbage. And I was like, yo, but what about this part? And then like, what about this part? And like over the course of like seven minutes, I proceeded to just sort of be like, oh, you remember when like the cop comes to the door and like, oh, you know, and I thought this was cool and sort of the world building was kind of, and at the end of that, like seven minutes, he was just like, he remembered a couple parts that he was like, oh yeah, and this one thing that happened. And then he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I guess it was actually pretty good. <laughs> and I was like, see? And I feel like the combination of Keanu Reeves and just people being so inundated with just like fucking garbage, you know, people throwing money at just like these trying to start trilogies, you know, just like yeah, all yeah. this kind of stuff that people just are very dismissive. Even people who maybe have seen it were just like, ah, but it's great. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. I don't, I don't even know if they intended to make a sequel from John Wick. I know. And then but they did, did so well. and the sequel is fucking incredible. So, yeah. uh anyway, I think that was part of what contributed to me putting this as the best you got to love it best best I I don't know. This category is tricky. Yeah. Best you got to love it, but it was yeah, it was just kind of like forgettable to the extent that I may have mixed it up with See, its, I kind I kind of took it as like a best kind of guilty pleasure, you know, bad movie sure. that I loved. And yeah. uh, so for me, and how about Gerard Butler, eh? Oh, yeah. He's been he's, in some stinkers, though. Yeah, but he's been in some, like, really good shit, though, yeah. too. It's, 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 some actors have, like, crazy the craziest... Did you ever see Gamer? Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah. yeah. But, like, you know, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. That he's in, like... Yeah. It, I, it Same director me, as Crank, too, by the way. It makes me wonder about, uh, A, their agent or their agency, whoever is in charge of presenting them with roles, and, yeah. B, like, how... You know, it's just so fucking weird, man. Yeah, yeah. Nicolas Cage is another one. Like how... Well, he just says yes to everything, though, probably. He just what? Says yes to everything. I know, but he's in so many fantastic movies. And he's in so many utterly <laughs> horrid, unwatchable movies. Yeah, it's yeah. It's so crazy. More than anybody I can think of. Of course. We should do a Nick Cage episode. Mm. Anyway, my... Best you got to love it of 2016 non podcast was now you see me too, which I'm still frustrated that they didn't just call call it now you don't. Right, it yeah, makes yeah. no sense. Like what? Nobody's gonna. Were they worried they were gonna lose the audience from the first movie? Like they wouldn't go see this one? Cut, you know, honestly. Like, and they could have just renamed it overseas. Now you see me too, or something. But like, I have a soft spot for magic or magicians, I guess. And the cast though. Yeah, great cast. The cast is crazy. I liked the first movie up until the end. I didn't like the like quote unquote twist. I thought it was pretty silly. Um, 
And this movie was, the twist was less silly. Uh, the tricks were a little bit more fantastical. You really have to bend some disbelief on this one. But like, I thought, I, I still think it's a great premise for like a, I love heist movies, right? And this is kind of a like heist, heist movie movies. where they're like planning all these elaborate schemes, but it, under the guise of magic. So, you know, I liked it. I, I still haven't it. seen either one, to be honest with you. Oh, well, soon. Okay, before we get to our two main awards, really quickly, uh, you got to be kidding me of 2016. Really quickly, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not actually going to do the you got you to gotta be kidding me because we're going to have an episode devoted to it pretty mm-hmm. soon. I see what you did there, yeah. Uh, Coach and I were in complete agreement on this one, though. Yeah. Uh, so... The You Gotta Be Kidding Me of 2016, in my mind and Andrew's mind, is none other than Star Wars Rogue One. I think it's crazy that people could hate this movie. Yeah, even beyond that, I think it's crazy that people (laughs) who enjoyed Force Awakens could find things about that. I mean... I guess if I take that at its face value, if you really enjoyed Force Awakens, I could understand the things you wouldn't like about this movie. But from just like a Star Wars fan perspective, I don't get it. Well, and okay. I feel like before you before you move on, I don't get how you could like Episode Four and not like this movie because it like ties totally. everything up into a neat bow. It's just like yeah, yeah. oh, all the shit that you like hated or like people were complaining about from Episode Four, like meh. <laughs> that's 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 we're we're done with that now. Oh yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. All right, let's anyway. not. I don't want to waste too much energy on it, but yeah. yeah, we got an we got an upcoming Star Wars roundtable episode where we talk about Rogue One and Episode Seven. So yeah, starting off year two with a bang. It's we'll, gonna be great. We'll leave that. Speaking of year two, what are your most anticipated uh, items from the coming year? So many, man. So many. There's so many things that are totally horrible right now in (laughs) in the world just in general which we're not gonna people don't come here to to hear us talk about that but i'm there's a lot of media coming out this year that i am super excited for and i've had a very difficult time narrowing it down so i'll list a couple of them uh new guy richie movie king arthur uh legend of the sword i think it's called pretty stoked for that i think it looks fun it looks like, you know, he's given it the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes treatment, maybe with a little bit more of his traditional gangster, you know, cockney kind of slant. Looks pretty sweet. Um, fucking sci-fi movies, man. 27, like sci-fi movies are coming back in a big way. A big way. Uh, Blade Runner later this year. Pretty excited for that. And I was not excited until the last second when the trailer was revealed. Dennis Villeneuve, that's going to be good. Ryan Gosling, you know, I think, mm-hmm. it, I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Ghost in the Shell, also didn't give a shit about it until I saw the trailer, which blew my mind. Right. Super stoked for that. Um, the new Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk, I think is going to be really good. Um, Guardians 2, I think will be fun. Alien Covenant, despite everything that I've been saying about this movie for like the last year and just like bitching about Ridley Scott and how he's completely taking away any possible sound argument I had for in favor of or in defense of Prometheus. Yeah. I'm still excited for Alien Covenant because it's a new Alien movie and uh, 
it's got a sweet cast and you know really yep. scott i mean i'm willing to give him a pass on <laughs> a movie everybody else didn't like but i enjoyed yeah um yeah and there's there's more too like there i think it's gonna be a good good year for gaming indie gaming and otherwise there's right, like a right. lot of like stellar stuff coming out new mass effect comes out next month mm-hmm. which i will be andromeda yeah it's gonna be fantastic again sci-fi so yeah a lot of a lot of cool shit i yeah. think what about you kingsman kingsman yeah this was an interesting interesting choice because i forgot that there was a sequel coming out even i didn't even yeah i so did i until i started uh instead of, until i started googling like yeah, what's coming out this year like um i really liked the last one i thought it was uh, a better james bond than most james bond movies have been recently um it also had that world building thing that kind of john wick sort of has hey eh? yeah where it's kind of you're like oh this is like i mean i hated um samuel jackson's character like it didn't really make sense to me mm. but i liked the movie as a whole so i'm excited for the second one and i like spider-man homecoming only because i have such high hopes spider-man yeah. is one of those characters that's always been misrepresented and i feel like knocked out of the park in civil war though exactly exactly so can can the movie can there be a movie or is it one of those characters that a movie just can't a good movie can't be made you know, like the Hulk is a, is a tough one, I think. Yeah. And the original Spider-Man, people might argue like, oh, you know, that was a pioneer of the Marvel, uh, not even Marvel, but like of the comic book movie, the Renaissance, the yeah. beginning of the Renaissance, the comic book movie. And I will give it credit for starting the movement and being financially successful. But I don't like those movies. No, I don't. I, people are always like, I, people always point to X2 and Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man 2 as like being X2. like good films of the fox and sony era yeah i will say that yes they are of those all of those films yeah okay sure but like like yeah i'm the same anyway let's not get into that yeah i'm excited for spider-man homecoming although i think they kind of i mean i don't know how to do vulture well a lot of these villains i don't know how to do well but yeah i don't think that putting everybody that's an animal in a suit of armor is the answer i honestly i think you can give people a little bit more credit than that and like be a little bit more Mm-hmm. creative if you're willing to suspend your disbelief that spider-man is a thing that exists after being bitten by a radioactive spider i think you could have a guy just be a crazy dude with like literally like a bird suit or you know i you know what i mean like i don't think yeah anyway whatever so on to the final awards of the evening the best you gotta love it best you gotta love it. Yeah. Essentially, the easiest thing to love. Uh, and mine is kind of like a fine wine. It, uh, the first time I saw it, I was like, eh, okay, well, you know, whatever. And then I saw it again. I was like, ah, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't mind it. I would even see it again. I would, I would see it again, too. Even I would see it again. I would see it again, too. So uh, I chose Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Because people are like, oh, it was boring. It was long. It was this. It was that. I thought it was fine. Like people, I think, just want to hate that universe and and DC and and you know, like all because of all like the dark weird shit that they've done. No, that that's the reason I want to love it. I want them to. Con- I want like my whole thing is as somebody that didn't grow up with DC is I was so floored by Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy, even though people started jump like falling off a little bit at Dark Knight Rises and thought that it was this, it was that. Yeah. I fucking love all three of those films. And I was like, this is going to be a great counter 
right. to what Marvel's doing in that they can like take the, but you know, it's hard to do with some of their characters. Like how but, are you going to make fucking so like Green the, Lantern? The last Superman movie before this, pe- right. people were upset because like, oh, all these people died. It was just like wanton destruction. He kills a person. Yeah. Like, oh no, this isn't like, I don't mind that shit. And I no, so, it makes more sense to me. I still didn't think that movie was amazing, but it definitely makes more sense to me. He's well, fucking I don't a think super powered alien. Yeah. yeah. I don't think either of these movies is amazing, but as a you gotta love it, I think that I did love it. So you there know you go. it's fine. Boom. And and your Boom. yours Once again, Jurassic World. Because you know what? Here's the other thing that I should mention to people. Here we go, people. Here's the other thing. Uh I saw it once and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But then the first Jurassic Park movie is one of the first films that I remember seeing in the theater. Like my parents took me to see this movie back in 1993. Uh, again, in my memory, I think I saw like a Disney movie probably before that in theaters with them. But this is the first one that I remember. Mm-hmm. And it was like so impactful. And so, you know, obviously there's a bit of nostalgia there. But then I went and saw it a second time in theaters with my parents again. And my parents really enjoyed it. It was just like such a, the, the context around seeing it the second time. Yeah. Like I loved it. It was great. I was like, oh yeah, okay. Like, you know, this was fucking sweet. Mm-hmm. And then of course, after that is when I started chatting with friends who hated it or really strongly didn't like it. And then I was reading, you know, shit on the internet where people were talking about, you know, sexism or cliche, you know, all the, all the stuff that was like horribly wrong with it. And I was like, well, okay. But you know, mm-hmm. again, uh, yeah, we won't go down that road, but yeah, I, I, it was, this one was a bit tough for me because I, I made a huge list of all of you got to love it's that I didn't mind, but well, I think so this one was driven home by the nostalgia factor. Honorable mention for me is single mom's club because yeah. I thought that there was some, some interesting kind of lessons to be learned there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had a couple, Tree of Life and Fantastic Four, which are so yeah. There's a couple like couple pieces of contact that doubled up in these awards here. Yeah, taking home taking home a couple lo- love it award love it awards. <laughs> Igly Golden Iggly's. Hearts. Oh, that'd be su- sweet if we made little like pixelated. Oh, there you go. Uh, so the best hidden gem for me was uh, so. I flip flop between what you chose and what I chose because mm. those two, to me, those two were the best ones. Yeah. Uh, I chose coherence because it's the first one that always comes to my mind when people, and I want to talk about the show. I'm like, oh, this is like, I never would have seen this movie if not for the show. And I'm so glad that I did because I love the movie. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I've talked re- about it at length. So the only reason I didn't pick it is because it creeped me out and even though it was like flawless. Yeah. The other movie, I have such positive, you know, like it was like good vibes. And I was like, oh, like it's super touching and like, yeah, yeah. you know, thought provoking. And I chose About Time, which is kind of more like, I love movies like that. You know, some of my favorite movies are those sort of kind of quirky, but you know, your high fidelities, your loss of translations, right. just sort of like, not like rom-coms, but just sort of like a comedy drama, just a movie, just, you know what I mean? Anyway. Right. Uh, so yeah, but kind of interchangeable there. I feel like we, you know, yeah. between the two of us, we used our, cho- our picks well by picking the two best of the year. Absolutely. So honorable mentions go to, for me, Hedwig and the Angry Inch mm. and the movie Swiss Army Man. Cause again, Swiss Army Man is a movie that I probably would have seen if not for the show. And that's why I didn't 
crack the top, but Hedwig of the Angry Inch is not a movie that like would have been on my radar. I'm he- I've heard of it, but like it wouldn't have crossed my mind, and I'm I'm so glad that I ha- like ended up watching it. So shouts John, yeah, that's John, right? Yeah, I don't. Uh, and I mean, apologies to everybody else. We haven't given shoutouts to. I just did not write down who recommended a lot of these, and right. so I don't remember. But if your choice. Won one of our uh, inaugural, you gotta love it, uh, Ig- Igly Awards, y- Yigly Awards, then uh, kudos to you. Uh, my runners up for Best Hidden Gem were Summer Wars and Swiss Army Man. I believe Summer Wars was Nimit. Probably. It was, it was somebody at Fan Expo. Fan Expo. Uh, Summer, Summer, Swiss Army Man, I mean, we're in agreement about that. Just a fucking. I, you should just see that movie. It's fucking weird. If nothing else, even yeah. if you don't make it through that movie, just go see that movie. It's weird. And Summer Wars just reminded me of all the reasons that I love anime, basically. Yeah. So that was our year in review. I feel like I'm not going to re- recommend anything because uh, of all the stuff that we've already mentioned in the show. If there's, yeah, there's a lot. things that you haven't checked out, check them out. But do you have any music for us this week? Yes. Uh, the new Dirty Projectors album, which is self-titled. I am loving it. There so you go. That's it. What Just, else could you what, ask for? Yeah. We, I mean, uh, yeah, maybe we'll pick a song and we'll close it out with that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's great. Looking forward gonna, to the next year to come. Me as well. I think, and also, yeah, we got some good stuff lined up, like already. Yeah. Like the Star Wars Roundtable is going to be good. We're probably going to do... We're probably going to do our best uh, hidden gem recommendations that we talked about that we gave awards to because the other has the other of us has not seen in both cases. I haven't seen Nice Guys. Koji hasn't seen Midnight Special. Yep. Um, but yeah, I guess just like stay tuned. Keep keep uh, recommending stuff because there's going to be a lot of shit to 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 consume, a lot of media to consume this year. Yep, for sure, for sure. Uh, both good and bad. You can tell already. Like Power Rangers, like what's going to happen with that? It could go either way. Fuck. It could go either way. I can way. just already see stuff that we're going to fucking... Anyway. Yeah. Um, Walter White himself is in that movie, so, you know, who knows? Anyway. Uh, all right. Until next year, guys. Or for the next year, I should say. <laughs> Not until next year. Throughout. Throughout yeah. next year. For the next 52 weeks. Is it loneliness? Is there shining in your heart, but no gloss on your lips? Do you sail alone round the island with a silhouette of a shark beneath the skin? And then you say, Wanna be where you are? Oh, <laughs>
Yeah. 